Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Focal Point. I am your host, Alex Newman. We have such an extraordinary guest today. Uh, you're going to be really blessed. Listen all the way to the end because this information is stuff that you have not heard before. And I can say that with confidence. Uh, we just left um, Clay Clark and General Flynn's Reawaken America tour. And one of the points that General Flynn has made over and over again is that we need to start with local action and that will have a national impact. Uh, our guest today, Kristen Williamson, is the embodiment of that. She has been digging and researching and working at the state and local level in Arizona for a long time. But the information she has, and I can say this uh, unequivocally, I don't know anybody, um, e even people in the military, people in the intelligence community who understand uh, some of what's going on as good as Kristen does. Kristen, thank you for joining us. Uh, sure. It's an honor to have you. Um, I want to start with the elections. Everybody knows that fishy stuff is going on in Arizona. People have put out endless articles, videos, interviews, and yet that's just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Uh, one of the things that you've looked at is kind of what's happening under the hood here, who's behind the scenes, and uh, you've got so much good information. So let's start there. Uh, what was happening in the elections? Who were the real power players that nobody's talking about? Okay, so um, so yeah, a lot of people were involved, and a lot of people that I know were involved with the audits and so forth, and so that got a lot of coverage. Um, early on, uh, when we had the Arizona, um, Giuliani came to Arizona on November 30th, 2020, and um, Representative Mark Fincham, who ran for Sec Secretary of State, was there, um, and we had the election hearing. Colonel Waldron was one of the individuals who spoke at that hearing. Later on, he did a very, very good um, um, I guess, a video that's explaining how there were other players involved beyond, um, beyond what some people were focused on. And so a lot of people lost track of an important piece of, of information that he brought out, and that was uh, done in conjunction with um, the Allied Security Operations Group and specifically Russ Ramsland team out of Dallas. And, uh, and that was a company, a Spanish company called CITL. And CITL um, was involved in the election uh, rigging operation um, according to the Allied Security Operations Group and also according to Colonel Waldron. So that information um, it, it links very directly to a local, uh, a, a very uh, high prominent uh, local uh, leader in Arizona. And so we'll get into that in, in a moment. That so, leader is Michael Crow. And that leader is, is, the, um, <coughs> is the Arizona State University president who is uh, very openly known. Uh, as uh, the CIA's um, uh, InQtel chairman. So in 1999, uh, the CIA uh, basically stood up a, uh, a venture capital fund called InQtel. And so it's a, um, it's a, uh, a funder basically of a lot of for-profit um, uh, and a lot of the uh, 
lot of co companies that will ultimately build out the biosurveillance state, to be frank. But also they fund uh, companies like CIDL. So this is the CIA funding uh, certain entities, and most taxpayers have never even heard of uh, you know, anything called InQtel, and they don't understand that InQtel works on domestic soil. So if you go to, uh, for example, um, I, as a CPA and I have a background in litigation as well, uh, you know, just go to the source documents. I was trained to go to source documents, so anything that I say is going to be based on underlying documentation because that's just how I was trained to work. So as, as an example, not the, 990, uh, the 990 tax form is what InQtel files every year. So since 1999, the Arizona State University uh, president has uh, been the chairman of that, of that entity. And so if what I found uh, particularly interesting is that uh, if you go to Executive Order 12333, which provides the, uh, the legal framework with which the CIA can work on domestic soil, and that's obviously very, very limited uh, capacity, can they, can they lawfully work on domestic soil? So the things that we're going to talk about today uh, hopefully will, will make people think a little bit more broadly and question what exactly is the CIA doing? What is this InQtel uh, entity doing on, uh, on domestic soil? So obviously if they're funding, if in fact they are funding companies like Seidel overseas and that company was sold off to uh, another company called Paragon right after Paragon Limited right after the election uh, in 2020. So those things are, they kind of lost, um, lost um, um, I guess, focus in while all of the other types of things and, and discussions were going on as they related to the elections. Carrie Lake also has not brought up um, CIDL, which is very interesting uh, that she would not be aware of that piece of the election rigging, uh, I guess, operation. And so I'm not sure if she has not spoken to uh, Colonel Waldron or the Allied Security Operations Group, but she's not brought that up publicly, as, at least as far as I know. So that there is an element of the elections that are, um, that are very, very local that are not being addressed. So that piece is interesting. And so if we want to, if we want to look at you know, who, who uh, what else is quite interesting is that this is a, a Forbes uh, article that says an Arizona, Arizona just made fortunes uh, list of top 50 influential world leaders. So most people in Arizona are not even aware that you've got a 50 most influential world leader uh, in our state. And so even attorney, former Attorney General Mark Burdovich said that this, this uh, particular person, Michael Crow, is uh, the most powerful person in the state. And so he's also stated big tech is a threat to democracy in another statement. And so when you start to understand what InQtel really is, when you people keep hearing about the term InQtel as it's a, you know, a nebulous blob, but in fact there has origins too. Where did, where did big tech start? And there are very, very direct connections to InQtel, the CIA's venture capital fund. Well, let's jump in and focus in on that. Um, some of these big tech companies seemingly came out of nowhere. You've got the Googles, the Facebooks, and became huge. Uh, they've got so much data on so many people. And you're saying InQtel was involved in standing these companies up. Yes, I actually uh, became friends with the, uh, the CEO of Leader Technologies, which actually sued Facebook for patent theft. Um, and he was, um, Michael McKibben was the, uh, was the actually CEO of the company. He had, he had supported all of AT&T software when the internet uh, first started and uh, created a company that actually figured out how to get network to work, how to get project management type um, uh, code to work at scale on the internet. And so that story is, is a longer saga, which uh, that case went up to the Supreme Court, but nevertheless, the, the origins of uh, the IPO for Facebook 
was working with Incutel was one of the original funders that launched the uh, the Facebook um, IPO. So a lot of these types of things are um, I would I would consider them military civil fusion, where it appears to be a commercial enterprise, but really in the back end, the funders are funding companies, and they could be there. Many of them are in biotech. Uh, which again, you have to question what is CIA doing working in the realms of biotech, and that also interfaces with uh, biodefense, and we'll get into that. Um, but so, so what we have here then is the intelligence community of the U.S. government standing up companies that are first of all gathering massive amounts of data on yes. citizens, second of all that are being used to deprive those very same Americans of their ability to speak freely. Yes. Uh, we all know now it's even come out in the lawsuits that these companies have been censoring Americans, silencing Americans. Um, that sounds unconstitutional to me. Yes. So, uh, so a lot of the uh, Congressman Gosart in Arizona was um, before the November 20, uh, 2020 election was working on big tech censorship. I think J uh, uh, Josh Hawley was as well. So they're focusing a lot on on you know big tech and how is it that we do not have you know uh, you know free free speech in essence. And so uh, when you think back to the CIA's involvement with newspapers and so forth. And you just kind of marry that up with social media, which is the modern way of communicating today. And so for the same reason, so if information didn't get out about whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop, if it didn't get out by way of, you know, COVID uh, treatments and things like that, these things cost people's lives. Yeah. Uh, and so it goes beyond, you know, I feel, you know, badly that I can't say what I want to say. If, if pertinent information did not get to the right people and they lost their lives because of that, that has a different level of, of seriousness to it. So, uh, you know, the, the censorship, obviously, you know, President Trump being taken off of, um, you know, off of some of these social media platforms. Um, I'm, I'm quite confident he knows who big tech is. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's not that there's not an origin of this. There is definitely an origin. And so for the last, you know, 25 years, essentially, under four presidents, I am fairly certain that, you know, this is a, um, you know, a, a chart of the, uh, the uh, trustees of Incutel. And so if the Arizona State University president has been the chairman since 1999, I am quite certain that no one lost track of him if he's filing 990 tax forms that are audited, uh, you know, on an annual basis by CPAs and so forth. So, in Arizona, in DC, there's also ASU has a almost, a, a, you know, an outpost, if you will, or maybe ASU in Arizona is the outpost of DC. But they have a um, a, a campus right next to DC, and they have the future of the center, the Center for the Future of War. Um, and with That's that, an ASU facility. Yes, wow. Yes, in DC, and they have the the um, Michael Crow is the, uh, he's also on the board of something called the New America Foundation. The yeah. chairman of that used to be uh, Eric Schmidt, former Google CEO, mm -hmm. and uh, Anne-Marie Slaughter, who is, um, who is the, has connected to uh, Hillary Clinton in the past and also the State Department and so forth. She actually was the chairman, I'm sorry, she was the CEO of the New America Foundation and was brought to Arizona, I think it was in early 2021, and she actually wrote a book called New World Order. Yeah. So it's not particularly, again, these are all things that are openly advertised by the very individuals that apparently want us to know what they're doing because they're telling us. And so a ASU is known as the Sun Devils, which as we get into some of the pieces of transhumanism uh, comes a little bit more into clear focus as to why that might be the case. Um, uh, Kristen, what I want to do for folks, it, it, let's start with kind of where this is all going and then let's break down the pieces. So what is the objective of Michael Crow, of Incutel, of the biodefense? Where are they taking humanity with the smart cities, the transhumanism, the injections, the the technocracy, where is all of this leading? Well, in uh, originally, let me, at first, I'm 
figured out the power structure that was working in, in, in Arizona, in Arizona, and I realized that it was not the capital was not really the power structure; that it was really you know 15 minutes down the road, and it was Arizona State University. They are working with the other universities as well, but this is basically a very highly militarized uh, research center, if you will. And then there are some you know children going to school there as well, but in, and paying paying the bills. Mm -hmm. And so the state legislature is funding that. They they understand. And so when we move into another character by the name of George Post, which is the central person to pay attention to in Arizona. Uh, we'll come back to that, but the research labs that were, were created from the time that Michael Crow showed up on the scene in Arizona in uh, 2002 timeframe coming from Columbia University, and Columbia University is a hub of um, something called the Pilgrim Society, but it's also a very um, uh, a hub for kind of MI5, MI6, CIA. So the Frankfurt School yes, came in yes, and injected their poison into right, America. Right, it's a very important school. So him yeah. leaving Arizona, um, leaving Columbia University, and that's where Peter Daszak, who is um, connected with the uh, EcoHealth Alliance that funded the gain of function through, uh, through the Wuhan labs and so forth. And he is also connected to... Um, Jeffrey Sachs. Jeffrey Sachs is uh, someone who's connected to the Global Fund and Trump, President Advisor Trump. of the Vatican. Yes, yes. Big time and, yes. UN booster. So Michael Crow handed off the something called the Earth Institute to Jeffrey Sachs when he left Columbia University and then was basically, I would say, installed into Arizona to take over as a corporate research center, um, Arizona State University. So to answer your question, where is it going? When I figured out that, I understood that that ASU, and again, I'll just kind of say CIA, uh, was working to create in Arizona the birth of the technocratic um, uh, state, I guess, if you will, which then would proliferate over the rest of the country and then ultimately would become a an international um, data data transfer hub, if you would. And so ASU, Arizona State University, was um, in November of 2019, had launched a uh, and I was I was in an attendance at this, but a 5G smart smart 22 city 5G AI smart regional governance system. So this is 22 cities in Arizona were all supposed to be part of a data center that was the ASU Cloud Innovation Center, and it was powered by Amazon Web. So essentially, you have your sovereign, what you think is your your government, your city councils are now answering and parting part of a conglomerate. Um, and what they stood up at that particular time was also something called the Connective which was a public-private partnership as a consortium of eight, you know, you know uh, companies, the Institute of Digital Progress, um, Greater Phoenix Economic Council. So these are organizations that are operating behind the scenes that are completely separate from what your capital is doing or what your city, city, uh, you know, local, le local level government. So they're usurping our ability Absolutely. to govern ourselves and usurping government. That was authority. the goal. Yeah. That was the goal. So if, you know, so how is it that, again, if you go back to the executive order 12333, is that anything that is, uh, you know, lawful and legal and, uh, you know, and proper under the constitutional, you know, purview, if you will, and that executive order, does CIA have the right to be to be organizing a, a technocratic government, you know, using AI and 5G, and you know, I think that's kind of on the face of it. The the answer is no, they do right. not. Well, let's dig into what it, for the folks out there who've never heard of a smart city. I think I first wrote about these in like 2015, so that was eight years ago. But for the folks who never heard of a smart city. What does that mean? How would life look different in a smart city than it would in a regular? Well, old here's city? here's here's a graphic of a report, but it's it's you know uh, you know Michael Crow, twenty year CIA Incutel chairman, is funding and incubating big tech. You know this is who's driving the bus in Arizona. Where exactly are we headed? So when you're looking at you know smart cities, it's everything, all the data, all of your digital data dust. 
uh, as you move about your city um, is, is essentially captured and you have a digital twin. Uh, and they have this in some of the reports of George Post is a digital twin. So all of, all of your information, whether it's about your, ultimately your, your banking records, your education records, uh, it ties into blockchain. And, uh, and, and David Schweikert, who was, the, who was actually uh, in Scottsdale where I lived, um, the, the chair, co-chairman of blockchain, and they were doing uh, birth certificate uh, pilot programs where when a baby is born, the first data point would be its birth certificate. And then from there on, the idea, which is where the smart city would build out ultimately in the, in, you know, if, if it came to fruition, is that from, the, from birth, all of your information, whether it is your, your health records, your, uh, your social media records, your, uh, your banking, your financial records, your tax records, you know, your leisure type things, everything about you starts to get amassed in one location. And then you marry that obviously up with, uh, with uh, a central bank digital currency and a social credit score, and you have the rights to turn, you know, the, the access to turn something on or off for a person based on whether they're behaving properly. So this is, it's a much, first much, of all, total surveillance. It's a bio-surveillance system. Yeah, so everything you do is being captured, monitored, fed through the AI and the, the algorithms. And then like in China, if you're a good slave and you do what the powers in charge want you to do, you get rewarded. You, your kids can go to a good school. If you don't, I guess you progressively start losing privileges. And, and so we're talking basically about not just total surveillance, but also behavior modification, uh, efforts to transform the way we live. And they wouldn't even have to use terror, I guess, to accomplish it. Just use these different incentives by capturing all of your data and then rewarding you for behaving the way you should or right. the way they think you should and punishing you for behaving in ways right. that they don't like. Right, like carrots and sticks, essentially, right. Amazing. Right. And so where then does the the link with the trans? Well, let me, before we go into that, let me, uh, okay. let, me, let me add one or two pieces. So when I was at the 5G Smart Region uh, Summit, it was quite interesting because again, I, Deloitte Consulting was there and uh, you know, a room full of people heard the exact same thing that I heard, but they announced, and this was uh, a gentleman by the name of Dominic, Dominic Papa, who was the, is the, I'm not sure if he still is, but he was the executive director of the Institute of Digital Progress, which is one of the companies uh, of the consortium of the, um, that comes under this, this new broader umbrella called the Connective. And he announced there, and he kind of said it like it was a big announcement, you know, wow, I think we can announce this here. And so he said, once our data center in uh, the 22 cities were uh, connected uh, in, in the data center that would be run by ASU's Cloud Innovation Center and Amazon Web, so effectively a CIA data center, that our region would then be connected next to the Dallas region. They had the Dallas rep region or person, the 5G region person at, in attendance at this ASU event. And then they said, we're going to connect the data centers around the country. And then they said, ultimately, we will hook them up internationally. Wow. And so the, they had an international rep there by the name of Jerry Holton, who runs uh, something called the IEEE Smart World Expo. And so part of the Smart World Congress. And he also runs uh, something called Global Futures, because this is a lot of this is, is economics and blockchain and, 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 and smart contracts and things of this nature, which is the next bioeconomy uh, and that gets into a more of a, an economic piece of it uh, but but Jerry Holton was there and so when you start to pop on to a website called the IEEE Smart World Congress and you realize you know Amory Slaughter's writing a book New World Order and these people are involved in the New America Foundation you know so old America is not what we want anymore we want a technocratically uh, run global uh, global world Congress, I guess, if you will, by people that we are not electing. And so a lot of it is AI and the data will control. And you can't really unelect AI. You can't really unelect data. And we don't even know who is going to program the AI, how it's going to be programmed. I mean, it, it could be 
programmed by evildoers. I mean, e even if you assume that these people are well-intentioned, if they make a mistake, it's still catastrophic. But once the system has that kind of power, it's just horrific to think about what could be done. Well, and, and, a, and a friend who actually, uh, a woman that I had met who was also a, uh, somebody who was just very on the ball and aware of things, she started off just like I did very innocently in the realms of education and realizing that the edu education, uh, some of the pieces that they were building um, and, and essentially getting the children ready to adopt was actually the real world physical system uh, that was being built out by by big tech, if you will, and the the network around them. And so a friend, uh, so she's um, is like I said, a very very uh, smart individual in uh, in Philadelphia. And people would listen to what she had to say. And someone finally drew what a five G smart city was. And this would be a good thing to 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 have people look at. Is that there's a lot of friends and family of ours that are probably building out the five G smart cities and don't understand that they actually are building out pieces of it. It might be the financial sector pieces. It might be the technological pieces. It might be within the realm of education mm -hmm. or medicine. They don't understand how this all comes together because yeah. they're very, very siloed. Yeah. And so once you get the big picture of, are we digging the pit to hell? And if we are digging the pit to hell, maybe we should stop digging and put our shovels down and actually, <laughs> you know, look around a little bit and say, let's, you know, let's bring heaven to earth. Let's not dig the pit to hell. And so, um, but so someone was a very, very good artist and, and, and drew this. And I thought this was phenomenal um, because it starts to under it, 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 it graphics sometimes will anchor a lot of a lot you know a lot of uh, complicated concepts into um, you know into a, into an easy to understand fashion so that could be something that you could link uh, later if you yeah. wanted to mm -hmm. so the <coughs> giant network global network of smart cities where everything is going to be all, all the data is going to be sucked up it's going to be processed through AI and algorithms um, why why so okay they tell us it's about efficiency it's about sustainability obviously asu is a big center right. of sustainability right. and, and, and michael crow was one of the uh, 12 presidents to bring uh sustainable development as an ideology into uh the university system and so what and it's it, famous for that asu is world famous as the hub for sustainable development so what does what does that all mean i mean because <laughs> to a, a normal person well, why wouldn't you want to be sustainable? Well, again, I, I'm I'm a very logical person, and so so when I see uh, narratives that don't marry up, um, I, my thought is you have to pick a narrative that at least is consistent with the other narratives. So if okay, first you're CIA, so that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> no, number two is if this is all about protecting the earth. Okay, so so there's another piece of this. This ties into the climate change story and whatnot. Now you've got 5G. Okay, one of the reasons that I was running a five, trying to get a, to run a 5G commission bill was to unpack what 5G really was for. So 5G was going to carry the data. Um, 5G was going to um, is also a frequency, and that ties into uh, more of the COVID and more of you know the the realms of concerns related to to bioweapons and frequencies related to nanotech and graphene and how that operates within a body that's that's electric. Um, and so, uh, but so one of the storylines is also, if you're for the environment and you're for biological life, one of the narratives that falls down logic, logic wise is that you've got 5G, which is a harm, harmful to all biological life, plants included, and the human body. So now how are we protecting the earth while simultaneously promoting 5G? So that's a problem. Now at ASU, they also in, I believe it was in 2019, could have been 2018 they had a united nations climate um leader you know czar whatever you want to call him uh and he came to asu and they they had a carnegie foundation asu 
um, event about global governance, global governance over geoengineering. So again, my thought is, okay, well, if we're going to have global governance over geoengineering and kind of weather manipulation from a technocratic standpoint, then, uh, then essentially, there obviously geoengineering is going on around the world if we're going to you know, govern it globally. And Otherwise, we've heard Bill Gates are... talking about this. We've heard John right. Brennan talking about this, former so when, CIA chief. Right. So when people, say, when people are saying, oh, we don't think that's real, actually there was an article that came, there was uh, an, an experiment that was happening in the south part of Tucson with balloons, and it was also a Harvard... Um, uh, scientists that worked in the realm of geoengineering and it was funded by Bill Gates and so forth. So there was a small little experiment, but they're having open confidence conferences, UN, you know, and at Arizona State University, uh, funded by Carnegie and some others, openly discussing to have global governance over geoengineering. So again, I go back to the same thing. If you're for the environment, and they even, even in their own articles, they say this could, you know, cause droughts, this could cause famines. So if, if this, in fact, is a good thing, then, you know, and you're for the environment, then why are you for manipulating things that are going to cause, you know, catastrophic damage to your weather and obviously all ecosystems? And then simultaneously 5G, where that's going to cause problems with, you know, biological life, plants and humans, so forth. So those and your CIA. So none of those narratives go together. So you've got to pick one uh, and stick with it, you know, if you're going to maintain logic anyway. So what do you think they actually, what is their objective? If it's not really about protecting nature, protecting the planet and all the rest of the stuff, what is it really about? Control. Ultimately, it's control, you know, so that, that you are in your 15 minute cities, you may maintain yourself in a little box. And as long as you are a you know, good global citizen in the IEEE Smart World Congress world, based on the rules prescribed to you, then you may move about in your city. You get your and, cryptocurrency and allotment. You, and you can continue to dig the pit of hell for them. Right. And, then, and then as you do that, you'll get more, you know, tokens and whatnot and kudos. Yeah. So that's, you know, so as long as you're happy in your, in your little canopticon of box, you know, with your digital, you know, your cameras everywhere, then all is, all is well in your world. If you want to move outside of that or you want freedom, then they might have a problem with that. So yes, it's 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 much uh, very much about control, uh, and so um, so so then what what's interesting is that then the you know the war essentially moves uh, from outside the city and the control moves outside the city and it moves into the body, and so that's the part that gets uh, very interesting. Um, and so we've obviously you had interviewed. Um, uh, Congressman uh, Johnson, correct, recently? Uh, yeah, the New American Magazine recently did an hour-long interview with uh, Congressman Ron jo or Senator Ron Johnson. Senator Ron Johnson. Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. and so what, what, did, what did you uh, glean from his conversation? He was discussing high-level high elites yep. being involved. Yep, and, um, and also the, the COVID, that uh, this seems to have been pre-planned. Uh, and, of course, you've got a lot of evidence to that effect. Uh, some of this stuff was even posted publicly that you were able to find. Um, and then, you know, in terms of how do we fight it. But so let's dig into that then a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back a little bit to the COVID before we get into the the transhumanism and the techno merger with human beings. And right. I, I know people, you're thinking we're going down in rabbit holes. We are, but this stuff is real. The documents are out there. But so let's go to COVID. Um, who did it? Why did they do it? How does that intersect with everything that we're talking about here? So one of the things that that, that allowed me to figure out a, a very important piece of this is a, a document that is um, a, a local document, a Phoenix New Times. Uh, it's called Mission Mission Impossible 2003. And this is um, was a very important kind of a, um, a connector piece, if you will. Uh, so while people do know uh, that Michael Crow comes to the state legislature very, very frequently, 
requests money, and people know who he is. It's it's openly known. And you put all, you, all legislators in Arizona, you gave them this information. Every single one of them, it's in the public record that you've given them this. What I what I did was in November, I'm sorry, February 14th, uh, 2020, on Valentine's Day, actually, I had been working uh, at the state legislature, working both with Republicans and then also moved to Democrats to explain to them that the 5G, uh, the HP 23 uh, 5G smart city digital economy bill, there was a whole lot more to that, and I wasn't sure if they fully understood the, the totality of what that meant. So essentially, we were the first nation to pass that bill. The first state. The first state, I'm sorry, first state in the nation to pass that bill. And then also there was a blockchain bill and a, uh, and, and a uh, fintech sandbox tech technology bill that the attorney general had to, um, I guess, sign off on, if you will, with the fintech type, type uh, technology companies. Crow was companies. there every step of the way, huh? Yes. And so a lot of these things, it's not even who's doing it, it's who blocks and tackles for the people because obviously this is happening in plain sight. If I can find this with everything is, you know, open source information, it's not, you know, it's not hidden. It's, it's you know, open source for anyone to read and know. It might be confusing for some to piece it all together, but it's not uh, obscured uh, that much. So, uh, but so... The Mission Impossible article was very, very interesting in the sense that um, it, it was right when Michael Crow shows up on the scene in Arizona and he says, hi, you know, this is, you know, I'm Michael Crow. I'm going to be taking over Arizona State University um, and we're going to be, uh, it talks about evolution and nature and it talks about how we can mimic nature um, and, and it discusses how they're going to set up something called the Arizona Biodesign Institute. And this is very, very important, Bio, Arizona Biodesign Institute. And so... Um, this this goes back um, a longer history with life sciences and so forth. But sticking to this article, the article is very lengthy, which is you know unusual for a, for an article to be 10, 15 pages long. But essentially, it goes through and says we're going to be creating all of these research labs. Um, it goes into saying that they're going to have Matt Salmon go to the Arizona State Legislature and to uh, basically uh, lobby for money to get these research labs up. So this is 20, you know. 20 years ago. Uh, and so they get these research labs up. One of them is Arizona Biodesign, but they list the other ones. And then as they as they walk through this, they uh, the article says that, that Michael Crow says, we're going to do in Arizona what's never been done anywhere else in the world. And, uh, and we're going to be getting into this biotech space. So, so mind you, this is CIA saying we're going to be getting into bio, the biotech realm. And so, but in order to do this, um, he says, we need we need a particular individual, and this particular individual, his name is George Post, and he is actually British, uh, but it has been in America for, uh, you know, for a number of decades. So he does move to Arizona. He sets up shop in Scottsdale. Um, he actually starts a company called Health Technology Networks, but in addition, when the research Arizona, Arizona Biodesign is, uh, is started and built out as a research lab, he's at the helm of this. And so at the very end of this article, there was a very, very concerning statement, which, uh, which stood out to me, which should stand out to anyone. And, uh, and it says, um, I'll read it here just to make sure I, I quote it accurately. Um, and so it says that, um, that it essentially it is, well, I think I have it probably memorized. It, it essentially says that we're going to use gene therapy that will introduce a, that will, Gene therapy's goal will be to introduce a gene that can bypass the immune system, that can kill off segments of, hu of humanity. What a perfect biological weapon. And then that's followed up with, you know, we'll be careful with this. Okay? <laughs> so so as, as you hear that, it, you know, so I, clearly if, if 
you know, if this is CIA saying this is, we're going to do something unique in Arizona that's never been done anywhere else in the world and we need this particular individual, obviously it, it would, it would um, you know, behoove people to research who is this person. He obviously is another, you know, we have the 50 most influential person um, according to, you know, to Fortune uh, magazine, you know, with Michael Crow. So this is somebody else important to know. And, and this individual was connected to uh, GlaxoSmithKline, uh, Monsanto. Again, Monsanto is not a health uh, related company. Bioengineering. Um, yes, firm, yeah. exactly. So these are, you know, um, Karis Life, so Care of Life Sciences. And so there's a lot of the normal players related to his background. Uh, and so, uh, so then he um, ultimately um, is, and actually here is a, here is the, and this is not from, this is not my present or my slide. This is actually, and um, we'll get into it, their own slides that are on the Arizona Biodesign Institute's website under presentations. And there's also the exact same presentations on George Post's uh, uh, Health Technology Network's website. So both so you of them, found these all publicly 100%, available, open source. Anybody can look them up. Wow. Anybody can look them up. And so this is the gentleman, uh, George Post. And so he, uh, and so he is in terms of you know advisory roles in the U.S. national security. He's uh, here pictured here with uh, uh, Secretary uh, of Defense Ashton Carter, who is now deceased as of uh, I believe last year. And so I'm not exactly sure what happened to uh, to Ashton Carter, but um, so his so George Post roles, and this is their website. This is their present part of their PowerPoint presentation, not mine. Uh, Defense Science Board, but it's accurate. Uh, DoD Bioterrorism Task Force. National Academy of Medicine for Global Forum on Infectious Disease, National Blueprint of Biodefense, Incutel, which is the CIA. So this is, you know, advisory roles for, for CIA. Uh, also for DTRA, which is the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. And this is going to go into the Ukrainian bio labs. This is going to go into the Wuhan labs uh, and things of that nature, Department of Homeland Security and Council on Foreign Relations. So this is his, you know, his biography, according to him. Uh, Council on Foreign Relations, folks, for if you're not familiar with that, it is one of the most, I call it deep state headquarters here in the United States. It's where Hillary Clinton says she gets her orders from back when she was Secretary of State. Uh, Dick Cheney was on the board of directors for some time. The Rockefellers helped run that for a long time. Uh, Bill Clinton is a member. Chelsea Clinton is a member. I mean, it, it is just unbelievably powerful. Republicans, Democrats, the media companies, the big banks. Um, Larry Fink of BlackRock is on their board of directors. I mean, it's like the hub of all of the different power machinery in the United States coming together. So that's what George Post is coming out of. Some yes. coming to Arizona. And so basically what is a foreign, you know, he's British. I mean, so originally he's British and he and he has um, interesting too. it was one of his titles was commander of the British Empire. What? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Well, I, I have to stop and just give this interesting little bit of background here. So Carol Quigley, uh, history professor at Georgetown University, he was Bill Clinton's mentor. Um, he wrote he actually agreed with the globalists, he said he was close to them for decades. And he had an opportunity to examine their secret papers for a few years. He said, I agree with what they're doing. My chief difference of opinion is that they want to be secret. I think they ought to be known. And he describes this secret society, I guess, if you will, set up by uh, Cecil Rhodes and Alfred Milner. And their goal was to basically bring the entire world under the control of a British imperial type system. Yes. Uh, so it sounds like George Post intersects perfectly with yes. that. And he says in his book that the Council on Foreign Relations is the headquarters of this operation in the United States. It's sister organization in the UK, the Royal Institute for International Affairs. 
It's all coming together well, here. Well, do, do pe people don't lose track of something above the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the Pilgrim Society. At the Pilgrim Society, yes. And mm -hmm. so the Pilgrim Society had Kissinger on the board. Again, mm -hmm. they filed 990 tax forms. I mean, these are, you know, it, it'll say what the, what the topic or what the point of the organization is, and it'll be like the Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And so this is the American and British, you know, the European elites and the American elites. And Kissinger was on that. Paul Volcker, who did the, the banking crisis in 2008. So these are players, yeah. you know, that you clearly need to know. So if they're in involved in a brotherhood and they are in involved in a club, if you will, so it's a smaller group um, above, you know, kind of above the Council on Foreign Relations, but they're all kind of going hand in glove. Yeah. And so there's been a, a lot of re very good research done on the Pilgrim Society, but people tend not to know about that. And they think it's, you know, you know, your you know, Thanksgiving Pilgrim Society. No, <laughs> right. no, it's not your Thanksgiving mm -hmm. Pilgrim Society. So we've got all these incredible power players coming together and they're posing as a president of a university. Uh, you know, I'm a businessman coming here to set up some stuff. Uh, and yet there's an intersection here with COVID yes. and what happened. So, so get into that. OK, if you would. so so what has not been discussed yet? Um, a, a Brian Gerber, who uh, who's under under this uh, George Post and, and Michael Crow people, um, part of the Arizona Biodesign, they ran a pandemic exercise in Phoenix of a global level with 200 players, and it was called Pacific Eclipse, and it was uh, it was focused on sm smallpox, but uh, or that was the, that was the topic of the time. So this was one more tabletop exercise. So at no point over the last three years has anybody brought up Michael Crow or biodefense. You know, which their entire agenda, which goes back to, to the anthrax um, event after 9-11, that is essentially what started the biodefense industry um, was that was the impetus for creating that new industry, if you will. So fast forward, you know, 20 years or so during three years of gospel of covid, we have not had, you know, anybody bring these characters up. And so we're going to get into that in a minute. So after this, this this tabletop exercise happens on January 22nd, 2020. The George Post uh, posts uh, PowerPoint presentations every month, and this is his entire job: is to supposedly stop these types of things and to be, you know, to be tracking this and, and that type of thing. Well, they have on January twenty second, twenty twenty, they post the the uh, biosecurity uh, playbook, if you will, and it uh, it goes through and it discusses um, as we lived it, uh, Wuhan. This is nine days before President Trump shut down. The flights coming in and out of China. So that was January 30th, I believe, mm. if I have those dates correct. And so, so this was posted nine days prior to that. And so it was Wuhan. It was shut down the flights. It was use fear to scare the people. It shows the lungs in there. It shows the, you know, the compromised lungs. It even shows uh, Governor Cuomo up on the television screen exactly as we all lived it. <sighs> So how did all of this get orchestrated? Is it all happenstance or are these playbooks? Um, you know, and so, so right here, are have a so even in this. this right here, the, the whitehouse.gov national COVID-19 preparedness plan, this is recent. And so they're talking about the playbooks. Well, who is creating the playbooks? Well, in Arizona, we have George Post's team creating the playbooks. And so when you move forward and when you look back as to how far these playbooks went back, um, I find them all the way back to like 2007. So that was a few years after they got the Arizona Biodesign uh, Research Labs up and operational and George Post at the helm. Then they start doing these, these, um, these PowerPoint slides and they're very, very detailed. And then as, as it goes into um, farther into the, uh, the agenda, if you will, some of these slides show human beings barcoded. 
Some of the oh slides goodness. show you track and trace. They show you as, as basically cattle, like chickens and cows. So you're all geofenced. Um, they, they show, then it moves into um, more Orwellian, but it's actually not Orwellian because George Post is on videotape discussing this as well. Um, uh, they, they show the transhumanist pieces of this. So they show um, there is a 49 minute um, videotaped presentation um, and it's talking about AI synthetic uh, biology. And so this is biodefense. This is CIA, DOD, biodefense at the highest levels, uh, you know, highest levels discussing how we're going to um, migrate out, you know, human 1.0, and we're going to start building in new biological life forms. And they call it directed evolution. So they call, they know that it's, it's I mean, this is in their documents. They say it and they, and they explain it. They outright explain it. So on they're going to play God. They're going to take they're over play evolution. God. And we're going to create human technology yes. hybrids yes yeah that uh, Yuval Noah Harari says will be the uh, dominant entities on the planet within 100 years well so so when you again when you look carefully at their at their powerpoint presentations it talks um, about um, using that you know digital biology they can silence genes they can turn on genes they can knock out genes so and so when you're uh, when you're looking at um, um, the, the, you know, the realm of where this goes and why would, why would you be saying these types of things? Some of their PowerPoint presentations are literally labeled mad scientist <laughs> and truly, truly. Oh my goodness. And another one in, in uh, Scottsdale that was at, at Greyhawk, uh, very, you know, very close to where I lived, uh, was uh, called life in the genetically modified near future. So, but, but there's a scarier piece to this is because both of these individuals George Post and Michael Crow get 20 year awards for their service. So within Ari service. within region at the Arizona Board of Regents, uh, they had a whole you know event for him recently for 20 years. But in addition, which I find rather comical, he was also given the Eisenhower Award. So that's Military Industrial Complex Award. He got that with CIA Director Gina Haspel. So uh, I think someone has a funny sense of humor. Yeah, like they're really. literally going to give you a deep you know a Military Industrial Complex Award. <laughs> but then George Post also had a 20-year award, but this is with the Arizona bio industry. So in Arizona, they were also going to birth the, um, the technocratic uh, you know, biotech medical realm. So, and they're doing it under the realm of precision medicine, bioinformatics, or, or um, personalized medicine. So it feels as though it's for you. Mm -hmm. But when you have you know, CIA DOD involved in, in directing, and this is all of the CEO hospitals, uh, all the major players come under um, this Arizona bio ecosystem. And so they're using at ASU teamed up with the Mayo Hospital and they created something called the Discovery Oasis. The Discovery Oasis, in, according to a Phoenix um, uh, local like, business journal, Michael Crow was quoted as saying, this is the most important site on the planet, most important Whoa. site on the planet, dash literally the planet, end quote. So now you've got CIA saying very, very directly involved in George Post, Department of Defense, you know, biodefense people, very directly involved in, in um, birthing this new uh, technocratic medical system with genomics and, uh, and uh, all kinds of CRISPR gene editing technology. So when you're interfacing as a patient with this, uh, with this medical world, you do not understand that you are interfacing with biodefense and CIA. And so now when you go to InQtel's website, you can see the proliferation of all kinds of companies that they have funded. Yeah, so they're funding this. My like question crazy, would be yeah. is, yes, yeah, so when you look at it, so ASU is also the global leader for the Center for Nanotech. So now people are learning things about graphene uh, and all types of ways that you can use graphene throughout the environment and in the body. So, so part of uh, this is uh, quite concerning. So we will show this document. 
This is at the Sandra Day O'Connor um, Sandra Day O'Connor uh, Law School, and this is um, called Global Global Perspective of Soft Law Programs for the Governance of Artificial Intelligence. And if you look at the picture, it's the brain, and it has basically uh, it's all lit up. And so they are uh, planning to, uh, at least it appears to me, and when you read through the document, you know, that you can use, and they have a lot of DARPA contracts, and they have in their own slides, they show DeepMind. Uh, and so if you are connecting with the brain um, through frequencies and nanotech, and they show in their own slides, you know, neural modulations and things of that nature to create emotions. And uh, they, you know, obviously this type of technology has been, is much more advanced, much more advanced. So, so when they also, again, this is all open, this is not a secret. They had an event called the governance. And that, of, that's ASU college of law. Yes. So, and uh, so at ASU also, this is 2022. This is kind of becoming main, they're mainstreaming the biodefense world into the medical system as of 2022. So this is a May event and it's called um, ASU Events Governance of Emerging Technologies and Science featuring project on soft law governance of AI. And they show it, you know, Chris, they show- Before we get into yes. this, um, I, I wanna pause for a second, go back a little bit because we were on the COVID yes. and these injections that they market, these mRNA injections, the first time they've been used on, on a mass scale. Um, we interviewed Dr. Peter McCullough. He talked about a study showing that this is actually going into the DNA, it's getting uh, absorbed into it, it's even being passed on. He, he actually said that the studies were suggesting that this could be passed on to the next generation. So if a, a vaccinated person has a child, their child might have these alterations. Um, we have Bill Gates uh, in the Journal of the Council on Foreign Relations back in, I believe it was 2016, arguing for the genetic engineering, not just of crops and livestock, but also of human beings. Yes. Um, we're talking here about the genetic modification of people. Uh, Klaus Schwab has been very open about this with his fourth industrial revolution that part of that is going to be changing human beings through genetic modifications. And this doesn't have to be done in the womb. This can even be done later right. with the type of technology. What are they doing here? Are, are these mRNA injections a precursor to widespread genetic well, modification of human beings? When, when I, I understood, I happened to be uh, kind of a coincidence, but I was asked to testify at an education hearing by the Senate uh, president, um, on because I, I worked on education and then I realized this was an even bigger bigger concern. Uh, but it happened to be the day that the that there were all kinds of moms there and they were actually discussing getting rid of exemptions for the for the uh, for um, vaccines and so forth. Which and now tons of them are going to be mRNA. They're telling us right. That. Well, so that was in that was the summer of 2019. And so I looked at that whole scene and I realized that same situation was happening around the country. I did a little bit of research and then I did research that that was happening around the world. Uh, and so I I realized that that I already knew what 5G was for and I understood the frequencies. And so I went back and kind of told my family, I said, these shots are going to be part of a weapon system. I said, this is going to work in combination. Mark my words, they will come for you. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't think that that, you know, could be the case. But now, obviously, in retrospect, people are now putting all of this together. So so ultimately, there's something also called spin chemistry. And so this this it's very very sophisticated, if you understand it properly, a very sophisticated full weapon system. But the war went into the body and the war can, can bypass the blood barrier. Uh, and so when you start to think about frequency with the nanotech and if people continued to do this and became a thing where you're gene editing, you're, uh, you're modifying and you're, and you're manipulating uh, the body to such a level because you don't understand what you're doing, um, or, but also... And Klaus Schwab, in his book on the Fourth Industrial Revolution, he talks about something called smart dust. And I had to yes, read this like eight yes, times because yes. he's saying that this is something that can 
uh, be assembled remotely into some and, and I mean it, the, it's in a lot of products too. It's yeah, in a lot of products, and, and it's everywhere. And, and I'm reading this, and I'm like this can't possibly, be, and yet it is. And well, they're talking and, about and, it. And let me let me inter, let me uh, back up because there's a couple more videotapes that are pr pretty interesting. At the beginning, a few months in, into the. Um, as I call gospel of COVID, um, probably May time, May, June time frame, there was a, a Phoenix East Valley partnership meeting. Why I even knew about this, I have no idea, or even it was on a Facebook post uh, with Michael Crow. I'm even on Facebook post, but one day I felt like I should look at this. So I did. And he was the, Michael Crow was the third person being, uh, being, he was the headliner essentially. And these are two of the board of supervisors who were fighting the elections and many, uh, many of the uh, city council members. And they were listed them because it was during COVID and it was online. This would have been a closed door type meeting most likely, but this was this was videotaped. And so it was all online. So I listened very carefully and then I transcribed it because it was super important. So Michael Crow is it was it was called post COVID. And he literally is announcing the Great Reset. Oh my so goodness. he says, you know, he talks through and said this is the first, you know, this is the first um, you know, uh, virus. It's not gonna be the last. We're gonna have more events like this. Um, that that this is how things go in a, in a world with eight you know billion people. We're going to have a proliferation and, and an acceleration of five G artificial intelligence. He brings up economics a lot. If you want to ec win economically, and then he says everything about the world we knew before is gone. It's going to be different. Well, so then he says these, oh. he says technologically, economically, and biologically. And then at the end, you know, this is CIA telling you that your biology is going to change. At the end of this, um, you know, bit of the speech, he says, this is the most, uh, for all of the negative things related to COVID, this is the most humane way we, CIA, have ever dealt with a virus. And so I interpret that virus are the humans. We normally kill you in wars and so forth. But this time, this is a stealth weapon, which is what they stated back in 2003 in the Phoenix, uh, you know, New Times Mission Impossible. This is a perfect biological weapon. And so, you know, did you fund it? So now we know from uh, EcoHealth Alliance, from Dr. Malone, that, you know, Wuhan appears to be uh, funded by through EcoHealth Alliance. So in addition, so the Ukrainian bio labs are being funded by way of Metabiota. And that, Hunter Biden. And, and that, well, and Meta, well, that's Rosemont Seneca, but, mm -hmm. but Incutel is funding Metabiota. Um, and Metabiota is, is, is connected to these Ukrainian bio labs. So what was concerning was George Post PowerPoint slides in uh, November 16th, 2022. So not that long ago. And I brought this up to a particular person who would be in a position to get this to Brad Winstrup, uh, who is the Origins of COVID committee. And I was asked to do that. Um, but they, uh, this is discussing Global One Health. Okay, so we've moved from biodefense. They said their number one mission is Global One Health, AI One Health. And then in the same presentation, it was discussing um, standing up 27 new BSL-4 biolabs. So we have just had a lot of fun with other biolabs, and we've got Ukrainian biolabs. And uh, in their own presentations, they show where they've got bioweapons around the world. And, what, and then so when, you're, you know, when Michael Crow was saying this is the first, there's going to be more events like this, their PowerPoint presentations show Agent X. They're standing up 27 new BSL-4 biolabs. And so, uh, so these are things that seem like they should be worthy of discussion because are investigation. We, if this is if this is happening, then we need someone trusted military intel, uh, you know, folks to be looking into this. You know, I don't. So know they've that. also got now SEPI, uh, which they, they claim they're going to be able to develop these new vaccines using AI, using mRNA technology, very very rapidly. So every time there's a new pandemic, SEPI is going to come in uh, and and release this brand new vaccine that we're all going to be required to take. Well, and, and what's what's interesting about that is Scottsdale City Council Mayor, there was a, a woman, Solange Whitehead, 
who um, was very odd. She was on an interview with, um, if I'm saying his name correctly, uh, Michael Osterholm, I think is his name, but he's connected to Fauci. And uh, they literally said this because I think Arizona was going to be launching that type of technology. She said that you're going to be able to, you know, the masks, we're going to have the masks forever. This was in December of 2020. And, uh, but in addition, and they were very excited about this, that you're going to get your vaccines, to your point, overnighted to you by way of a digital code. Right. So, so, CIA, so CIA Inc. Utel has been investing in companies like Aluma, which are gene, one of the biggest genome sequencers. They show in their uh, PowerPoint slides also BGI, which is a Chinese um, uh, sequencer, uh, you know, company, data bank company too. So all of those 23andMe and Ancestry and Me um, are collecting DNA. And a lot of that is being uh, processed over in China. So, so let me bring up another point. And so with that, also, they invest in a company called Ginkgo Bioworks. So there's a lot of these companies. But one of the things that people also don't know, which is, you know, it should give people some, some sense of calm, is that, um, that uh, President Trump uh, in, uh, basically went to ASU, his Department of Defense forced ASU, so Michael Crow, CIA, to shut down their Confucius schools. So Chinese, yes, Chinese, Chinese, and Christ, there were yeah. certain spy, stu spy, um, you know, students that were not allowed reentry into the U.S. So then you have this interesting dynamic that says, uh, you know, that Department of Defense under Trump has to go tell CIA, you, you, this is a national security threat. You may not have this. So they were forced to close these schools down. So. How is it that, that, China, you know, that, that CIA doesn't know that? Well, there has been a long-standing relationship between ASU and, uh, and China for a very long time, a particular um, uh, university called, if I'm, I'm not going to say this correctly, but Xinhua University or something of, to that nature. And so, um, you know, why? You know, why, are, why do we have this close CCP, um, you know, relationship? And so a lot of the technology people should understand that's the Palantir and so forth, Peter Thiel, mm -hmm. that also is very, very, very tightly tied to Incutel. And, and so all the gate analysis and so forth, this is data collection at its finest. And so a lot of that technology came by way of Silicon Valley and, and the biosurveillance state to practice and all, and that would be then come back and boomerang back on the United States and obviously around the world as well. And, and people, you can find a lot of this stuff. Like, uh, Joe Biden signed an executive order. I'm not sure who wrote it for him, but he signed an executive order in September of 2022. And he talks about developing, having the federal government work on developing technologies where you can predictably program biology yes. and write circuitry in the same way that we program computers and software. Well, that is, that is literally, literally what is in George Post's PowerPoint slides and he discusses. And so they say... They say the elimination, editing of, of the human genome, and they say this is not a, this is a not a uh, forward-looking technology. This is here right now. So everything that you would ever be scared of in terms of an Orwellian-type, you know, world, all the movies we've seen and so forth, you know, you can believe them it's or not. Much worse. <laughs> you can believe them or not believe them, but they have said it. They've said it on their PowerPoint slides. They've written yeah. it for decades. They appear to be funding it. They appear to be carrying it out, and they are, they are on camera saying, and even Michael Crow has said, calls us homo sapien.net, yeah. which is digital twinning. So, again, these but, are very concerning things. I mean, you all know Harari. He says uh, we're homo deus, human yes. gods. That's what's next. Right? We're going to evolve into gods. I mean, this stuff is just so bonkers. Uh, we're down to literally five minutes, Kristen, and I want to give people – some things that are concrete that they can do, right. some places they can go to learn more information. And by the way, evildoers, uh, this information is already in the hands of multiple people in Congress, uh, multiple uh, former military leadership. So, you know, there, there's nothing you can do to stop this information from getting out. It's going to come out, so don't even think about it. But what are some things that, that people can do, Kristen, to try to resist this, uh, protect their families from this, um, 
get their local county, state elected officials to help protect them from this? Well, what I think would be interesting is, uh, you know, being in Arizona, I've, I've seen all this. I've watched, you know, I've watched the drama play out. I've watched the elections. And so I find it interesting uh, if, if I, I would love to have a conversation with Carrie Lake. She has a very, very large platform, obviously. We had her on my show just recently. Um, and so she has a book called Unafraid. Mm-hmm. And so she discusses things about big tech. They discuss things about deep state but that's very, very nebulous. And so when we can be very, very specific in Arizona. So You've got I get, the names, the so receipts, have, it's yeah, all so here. There's, there is a, um, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Um, but it's often, um, I'm not sure I'm going to have it. But basically, it's not always what people say. It's actually oftentimes what they're not saying, which I find to be particularly concerning. So when you have some of the biggest stories that are happening, when you have people at the highest levels of intelligence and defense in your state, 10 minutes from where maybe you live or you're running for you know, a governorship position or so forth, and you're not talking about that, and we ran a pandemic exercise and they're involved in, in you know, elections, you know, funding of CITL overseas and things, all of these big things are literally 10 minutes from where this capital is. And so are, would you even be governor, you know, or would Michael Crow be governor? <laughs> so if you're not going to be governor, if the power is really over there, how are you going to intersect with that world? Because if you're not afraid, then we need to speak about it. So Kristen, what, we got two minutes left. What are some things that your average everyday person watching this video can do right now? What, I would say, who do they call? What I do they would do? say we should, okay, this is the picture of it's what you're not talking about, the white noise in the mm-hmm. middle. So it's the, you know, don't look at the black, look at the, look at the white in the middle. I would say, let's hold up, let's hold up the, um, I would say, Carrie Lake, let's get some town meetings together mm-hmm. and let's have some conversations locally so that we can have, you know, Michael Crow and George Post. And if we want to invite them, let's invite them. Let's invite them and have some open discussions about what's going on in our state. And, uh, and if we're not afraid, then let's have that conversation because there are some very concerning things uh, that are happening and stories that are not being discussed and investigations that are not underway. Maybe the legislature if, can host right. some of these discussions. If, anything, if, nice. if everything is on the up and up, then that's wonderful. Let's yeah. have those conversations. Put everybody under oath so that we know there's no lying and that there's criminal penalties for any lying. Um, I, I think that sounds like a great idea. Right. So. so just open, honest discussion. Yeah. And, and if everything is fine, then, then everything that's is fine. fine. Well, let's yeah. move on. I love it. Uh, Krista, this has been so fascinating. And I know we, we could have gone for eight more hours and we still would only be scratching the surface. Um, the, the way your mind works and your memory is just absolutely extraordinary. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're connected to a lot of people sharing this information out there. Um, I know you're, you haven't really been public. This is, I think, the first time you've come out and shared all this public. I know you've talked to a lot of people behind the scenes, but this is the first time you're out in a public interview in a public way like this. Uh, is there any way for people to follow you? Are, are you going to create a website, a social media presence or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I've, writ- I've written a lot of reports, but no, I've, I've always been kind of a behind-the-scenes person trying because I have a background, as I said, in litigation and, and as a CPA. So I've always tried to pass the information off to, and I have already passed the information off to a lot of people. I've that, got a lot of it, and it's fascinating. <laughs> the people that need to know, know. And, uh, and so all of this is already known. So I'm kind, you know, I've, I've always just been here to be helpful and I didn't want to interject myself uh, inappropriately uh, into something. So I could do that. Um, I could write this all out. We could, I could do that through your platform. Uh, Leonard Horowitz is another individual who actually wrote a book called, which some people should read, COVID Coup, Rise of the Fourth Reich. 
and he outed Dr. Gallows in the 80s, in the 1980s for the AIDS situation. And he put Michael Crow in this book already, and he and I connected. So that's a great book, COVID Coup, Rise of the Fourth Reich. Um, and so that can give, uh, that'll get people up farther ahead. Maybe George, Jim Jordan and some of these guys will get to that story. Um, but yes, I could do, I could, he's asked me to write articles I could post on his site, I could post on your site Fantastic. and other people as well. And then so if people have questions, I could answer. But we need to get, my concern is biodefense being involved in our medical system and that being mainstreamed, that's not okay. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Folks, I'll give you a recommendation. Take the link to this video wherever you're watching it and send it to your state representative, your state senator, your member of Congress, your local sheriff, your county commissioner, your city commissioner, um, anybody you can think of in a position of authority. Send it to your local radio host. Send it to your local newspaper editors. Everything she just shared can be verified. It's in the documents. It's in the public record. You don't have to go into the sneaky, smoky rooms to figure it out. Um, it just takes a person with right. courage and brains to, to sort it out and figure it out. We've got to stop this. The future of humanity is at stake. Um, we're already over time. Kristen, final thoughts? Just, uh, yeah, everything that I found was, was able to be seen, uh, you know, without well, with a lot of effort, I guess, but, but no, there's, there's no way that this is going to happen. So I feel so confident that while they write white papers, while they do all of this, they're actually, it's kind of like, you know, the emperor has no clothes. You pull back the curtain and, uh, you know, and essentially it's, it's a lot of puffery, but once you, once you expose them for who they are, they can't, they're, they don't win. God wins this at the end of the day, 100%. So while this is a bad story, there's a positive story that's coming. And I feel very, very confident about the positive story moving forward. Amen. I love that we're ending on that. You just turn the lights on, the cockroaches flee, yep. and I can't help but think of the Tower of Babel. You know, yep. these maniacs think they're going to build their thing. Uh, I don't think God's going to allow it. Kristen nope. Williamson, thank you so much. Um, you are a, a national treasure. Uh, it's just, it's been uh, humbling and an honor to, to be able to work with you on this. So thank you. Folks, thank you for watching. This is Focal Point. Again, take this link and share it out. We've got to get this information out there. These megalomaniacs cannot be allowed to win. Thanks again for watching. Till next time, God bless you all. I wanted to talk a little bit about Michelle. So I do have a team. This is amazing. Uh, we got a total of 42 people that actually work with PHP News and Patriots Help and Patriots Network to help provide content. And as Michelle came over to the network and decided, yeah, I want to put my stuff here. I'm like, well, let's get something going to help other people kind of know what they can do to help take our country back, right? Because we're not trying to save America anymore, you guys, because it's just turned into a big turd, as she would say. And I agree with that. So we want to take our country back. And uh, we have a great video put together by Heidi07, my assistant. She sent to Michelle and worked with her. And we're going to go ahead and air that right now, Steve. And you can give me. And also, we're starting a new hash called Tag a Turd. So you will be able to hashtag any legislator that is a turd anytime you want. And we'll be able to find them and help carry on that process. So here we go.
voting machines are too vulnerable. For research has repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right? Which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into. fascists active in this country. Jenna just listed off who they are. She politely calls them election deniers. I'm supposed to call them election enthusiasts as an official position of my office, but I personally prefer just calling them what they are. They are fascists. <laughs> Tag it turned. And one more time, you guys, I want you to head on over to, let me pull it up here www.azsavesamerica.us. Now, you do not have to be from Arizona to get involved with this banning of the voting machines, okay? I just want to make that clear. This is not just uh, people in Arizona that, that can handle this nationwide crusade. It is literally nationwide. So please go there, sign up, see what you can do, and follow the steps that were in the video. And you will be able to find that video on our channel along with many others that come our way. Now, Steve, I have to say, this banning of the voting machines is so important at this time because we have till March 5th, correct? And that's our primaries. So anybody voting by then, if they are owned by, per se, Dominion, it's not looking very good, right? I want you to go over to SaveMyFreedom.us, SaveMyFreedom.us. You need to subscribe to this. Subscribe to this. Pull up the website for me, please. And this is what we're, we're doing. You've got your take action toolkits. There, here's one right there. That's your child sex slave trafficking, the sound of freedom, and your corrupt, fraudulent, and unconstitutional elections take action toolkit. Now, that thing is loaded with 90 videos and scripture and information and resources. So that brings you up to speed. You're not going to read it in one section. You're going to use it as a resource. You want to use, you want to download the videos. You want to share them. You want to spread them out there. Please do send this to all your friends and use it as a resource because it has all the information. So you know what's going on and you can become uh, like a really active person just making sure that, again, it has to do with volume. We all need to get really, really loud and we all need to do this together. That's why we're asking everybody to join us here in Arizona. 
uh, this is a working show, this is a working platform, but what does it require? It requires people. It requires warriors. So we're rounding up the warriors and everybody wants to become one again. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's Judges 612. That's Gideon's 300. That's Jim's favorite. He did that beautiful job of that speech that he gave at the uh, county picnic, which is on our Rumble channel. It's part of the Arizona Exposed Corruption Exposed uh, series that we did, Judges 6, 7, and 8. I encourage you to read that because uh, that is your Gideon's 300. We need, well, we need a little more than 300 this time around. But we'll take what we can get, guys. So I need you to put a little back into it. I need you to put a little sweat equity into putting some of this stuff out there. And I need you to get on the battlefield with us. So that's why I want you to join us, SaveMyFreedom.us, SaveMyFreedom.us. And uh, we're going to get you those toolkits. Plus, we're going to do a lot more lives and we're going to do a lot more interactive stuff because um, this is it. We have a very short window of time in order to take back the country. So the, the ban the machines, remember, we were just talking about that. We talk about that every episode. So we're giving up one last try for the Gipper, right? So the ban the machines campaign, the nationwide crusade to ban the machines. That's azsavesamerica.us, azsavesamerica.us. And if you're at savemyfreedom.us, you're going to see it as the first tab. It says ban the machines. I want you to do it once a day, every day. Tell 10 of your friends and get this in motion. And the reason why I want the whole country doing it because I want 1 million emails showing up in Wendy Dodger's email box for not doing her job, for no one doing the job of trying to get banned the machines the proper way. There's three, there's three campaigns in there and there's four, there's four, four clicks. So three steps, four clicks. The first one, this is the, we've been talking about this for how long already? For a year. This is the campaign with Back for America when we were talking about ban the machines a year ago, everybody. We tried to do this before the last election because we knew it was going to be bad. We just didn't know how bad it was going to be. But at least this time we now know how they did it. Nobody knows. But we will tell you soon enough. We're working on trying how to present the information and we're, we're getting there. I probably need another couple weeks. So you're going to go ahead and click on the buttons. I tried to make it easy. Oh, by the way, forgot to tell you, we declare a state of constitutional emergency here in Arizona because our quote unquote representatives and the people in the elected and selected positions that are supposed to be in leadership positions. Again, not leaders in leadership positions. They didn't do it, so the people did it. Why? Because the people are the government. All power is inherent in the people, right? So there's three there's three campaigns in here. One is to ban the machines. Two is to investigate the corruption and fraudulent elections and November 8th. Three is the remonstrance, which is part of the court case that Daniel Wood and the affidavit mamas filled out. You could download the press release here. You can also download the court case. That's about the unconstitutional elections. And I want you to do the remonstrance. I want you to read it because it lists the grievances of we the people. And it explains, the court case explains so clearly why our elections are unconstitutional. So you're going to be clicking on those buttons and we got the whole country behind it. The whole country goes to the Arizona 215. There's 215 elected and selected elitists in all the categories. And we want to make sure that they're getting the emails, but we want you to also tag them on social media. You need to call them out. You need to demand that these machines are banned. There's other stuff in there. Of course, it goes with one day, one vote, no mail-in ballots, but that's all unconstitutional. But the thread that the thread that winds all this together for those people that are saying, well, Michelle, why don't you talk about mail-in ballots? What about this? What about... It's if you read the EPM and you understood the that's the election system, the machines, all three of them, the tabulation, the tabulators at the centers and the tabulators at the third party, the third party sites like Runback and MTech, and then also the Eastlight poll box, they're all intertwined together and they're all the thread. You pull that thread, it's like a sweater with the cartoons where all of a sudden the cartoon character's standing there and he's naked. He's gone. So you undo those machines. You're going to get rid of all the rest of the stuff because they're going to have to redo the whole actual system and you will have no mail-in ballots. Again, that's all unconstitutional. So I need you to do that once a day, every day, and then go to savemyfreedom.us.
There are fascists active in this country. Jenna just listed off who they are. She politely calls them election deniers. I'm supposed to call them election enthusiasts as an official position of my office, but I personally prefer just calling them what they are. They are fascists. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Her researchers have repeatedly de demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. It is the individual voting machines that some pose, that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. The workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.